Hey there, hi there, ho there. Howdy, folks. This is Bill. This is uh, episode 156 of the Gamers Lounge. No long waxing, poetic, or anything of the type for this episode. Very short intro. Um, we have uh, three of us tonight. Uh, me, Josh, and Mrs. Gamers Lounge, my lovely wife, Julie. And we have been spending a fair bit of time. I'm not going to go back and dig through my app, but we're just spending a fair bit of time over the last several months playing a game called Folklore. Uh, Folklore is by Greenbrier Games, and it's a campaign-style game. It's based in a very much uh, grim fairy tale, um, you know, fairy tale world. So uh, this is something that gets compared a lot to Gloomhaven. Uh, we do a little bit of comparison as well. I have a number of campaign games uh, in the house. I love campaign games, really enjoy them. And uh, this is one of those that my wife and I picked out. Uh, we both were excited to get it. And, um, well, we have a review for you, so let's see what you think. Uh, let's go ahead and jump in. weren't a good witch. I was a good witch. You weren't a good witch. You weren't even a witch, really. <laughs> Hello. Then why'd you keep calling me that? <laughs> Welcome to episode 156 <laughs> of the Gamers Lounge. I can't even say the least politically correct podcast on the air because there's no way I'm even approaching that yet. <laughs> I mean, we could strive for it, but not today. I was like, we could. <laughs> we could even make a good run out of that. No, not possible. Oh, it's possible. Uh, <laughs> Challenge accepted, table flip, new player. So this is Bill. I am here with... Josh, the mighty, or Josh. Mighty. <laughs> Mrs. Gamer's Lounge. Or Julie. Wow. Or Julie. Or Mrs. Gamer's Lounge. We, uh, in the most recent episode, uh, Lamont was on the podcast for the first time. Oh. Uh, I made a joke about, and the newbie, and he goes, yeah, I'm the newbie. And I was like, whoa, be very careful about assigning yourself a nickname. Because <laughs> it will stick. Because <laughs> we still have that one listener. We still have that one listener who, you know, will email from time to time. Yes. That's okay. I tried to make short stack a thing on beer thralls, and it kind of petered out. Yeah, well. Sort of. Mm. They're different. They start out like they, they have so many different nicknames for everybody. And, uh, you know, Benjamin's still short stock. <laughs> and loving it, by the way. Oh, I'm sure. So, uh, in the quest to progress through the... See, you like that? Quest to progress through the uh, shelf of Bill's games. Yes. And review all of them in a... Time period as yet unspecified because that it's would be take silly. Years. We're trying to think of the third G. Bill's <laughs> games, something. So it'd be BGG, <laughs> but not. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have been playing campaign games, and very specifically, we've been playing a campaign game called Folklore. Yep. It's about fairy tales, about fairy campaigns. tales, and about the murdering of witches. That may not have been a bit of for everyone else, but for our party, it was about the murdering of witches. And I killed many. Uh, so, before we dive in deep, let me go out to BGG. Yeah, there to we go. Board Game Geek. Um, folklore rated an 8 mm. out of 10. 
Uh, not just my rating, but overall rating, rated an 8 out of 10. A uh, little under 1,000 ratings, which is getting into that respectable area of ratings, although not as many as I would think, right? We're not talking about the five and 10,000 ratings of some of the some of the more popular higher-up games. Sure. Um, Makes sense, though. Now we get into the fun. One to five players. I think we can agree that this plays one to five players because that's nice and clean cut and straightforward. Sure. I agree that it certainly plays with three. Three worked. Three, three worked very well. Two, two was a challenge. Two well, was we a challenge. New. We were new at it. Uh, two was a challenge. We I think. Were new at it. No, I think it was more than that. And we just needed Josh. That's all um, it was. 3.59 out of five on complexity. So... Well, a fair amount more than halfway. I would actually agree with that. I think this is a moderately complex game. Sure, but 3.5 isn't moderate. Like, what would you say is moderate? Because you, you said a good bit more than normal or a good bit more than normal. Yeah, so, so it's, so like it's mo- beyond half. So it's moderate to heavy. Yeah. I think I still agree. I mean, I actually agree with moderate. I just don't necessarily think 3.5 is exactly moderate. I would have put it like a 3. Would you? It, there's a bunch of number tracking. There's, there's some flipping of stuff. But it really... Complexity-wise, isn't that heavy because, um, for the most part, like you don't have models out. You're not. You just. You know. It's just like cool. We're rolling to fight this thing. I need a seventy-five, and I add my my whatever. And yeah, then, like, like for the skirmishes, is what I'm getting at. The skirmishes have low complexity. Sort of. Okay. The thing is that everybody has different stats and can pull things in, and you add here, you subtract there. there there's and... a lot of. Ability stacking, stat stacking, That's things true. to remember. I, I think this Difficulty, is especially like I mean, just talking about skirmishes. We're talking about their base, their base might, which is their accuracy, if you want. Um, plus their modifier for the difficulty. Plus any modifiers you get for how the, many, how of them strong there are yeah. any given left at the, in the fight, and that can either affect damage, defense, or might, or might. Right. So, I. So, yeah. Overall, I think for role players and for anybody who has been a role playing game master, this is probably not too much complexity. I think I, I don't think it's too much complexity, anyways. But right. it's going to be easier for people who are already used to doing the complex complex organization parts. Your view of, of how, more complex your view, games. Certainly, your view of how much there is is yeah. going to depend heavily on your background. I agree with that. And and I st- I would also stand by the example we gave Julie. You and I recommended to Julie a character we assumed was going to be straightforward and easy. It was not. And we were wrong. It had a lot of You played flipping. one and a half characters. Uh, no, it just had a lot of it had a lot of <laughs> number manipulation and a lot of things to pay attention to. But all of ours did. Yeah, but I She had more than most. I say she but, had more than most because like for my character it was mostly like cool, I've got to buff up or debuff up, and that modifies us all. And then it was really, I cast this ability, which does a bunch, but it doesn't And then I number And then I swap my weapon at the right time so that I have the right roll to get the equipment, and then I... Yeah. Like, there, there's... There is. I, I think it's... Uh, yeah. I think saying five, it falls in moderate... Five, it's probably about right. It's moderate heavy. I agree. So, now, here's, here's, here's the fun one. So, so folklore is... The main box of folklore has a storybook. The storybook has six stories in it. And those stories are somewhere between two or three chapters. They are either two or three chapters. And oftentimes, it will say that a story will take a certain amount of minutes. 
For example, some of our stories say this story, two chapters, will take 90 minutes. Or this story is a bit longer. It's got three chapters. It will take 180 minutes. Um, The playtime on BGG says this game, a session plays in 90 to 120 minutes. Not for us. Certainly not for us. Not for us. (laughs) I think that's way off. Um, I th- I think this is a role playing session, and even if you're going to cut, so you can you could try to cut your game in multiple ways to pick stopping points. You could stop at the end of every chapter. Yep. But even with that, I can think of chapters that took us three hours. Yeah. Now some of that might be chatting and trying to come back up to speed. Yep. So but even taking it. that down to two hours, that's a chapter. That's not even a story, and none of the stories said. You know, four hours, five hours. I think the longest one was three. And part of that, though, is is depends on how much collaboration, how much RPG, how much role playing you actually want to do, right? Like, we could go, cool, I pull my story event, I read it, I make a decision, I tell us what we have to roll, and here's what happened. Without actually reading it out loud. I could literally just read it without involving anyone and just do a decision. But then we wouldn't be all together. Right? Yeah. Right. Well, um, what I'm saying is that okay. would kind of accelerate, right? The The... The us going to town, if we all remembered what the town services were. <laughs> Ever. Right? Could be, should be a five-minute process. For us, it was regularly half an hour. Right. And right? then we discuss things. Like, what do, what do you want? What should yeah, we do? Yeah, I guess I that's mean, part of my challenge is maybe, maybe, this is the, maybe this is the time for a single player who's controlling his party himself or uh, herself. Probably. Yeah, and that makes decisions really easy. Yeah. Um, which could certainly be true. And I assume when they did it, they actually averaged their playtester time. But also, those people could be like the people who have played it, you know, three hundred times. So by the end, they're like, oh, the right, same sure. story. Yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah. All right, sure. Yeah, I just did this, make that decision, move on. Right? Like, I do think it, it certainly will take longer than it advertises. Mm-hmm. We were also not the shining knights of efficacy. No, no. <laughs> we're shining nights of a lot of things, but not. <laughs> and we like snacks and drinks and dinner and. Yeah, so let me. So I mean, that's that's the BGG rating. Sure, um, that's that's what Board Game Geek says. So, Folklore of the Affliction, produced in 2017, started as a Kickstarter, uh, had a second Kickstarter come out. The difference between the two Kickstarters is in the first Kickstarter, you get a bunch of models. That's the one I got. In the second Kickstarter, you get a bunch of paper standees. Ooh. Yeah. And you could upgrade and pay the money for models. At least it was an option. Uh, it's an option. I mean, because they already had all the molds at that point. Yeah. Right. Right. So, but they did find that the game was expensive. Right. To put out with the uh, 80 models that are in the 60 models that are in the... Uh, 80's probably closer. I feel like yeah. there's, like, there's a bunch of models. There's a lot. <laughs> So, uh, but we played with the models. So, let's, uh, Greenbrier Games, that's the other thing I was forgetting. Greenbrier Games is the company that makes this. Mm -hmm. And with that, let's jump into an overview of folklore before we get to talking about our sessions. Uh, This is completing six stories. We have taken a set of characters, three characters, through an entire... Entire game arc? Yeah, entire game I would say. Yeah. I mean, we can still use those characters in a set of one-offs that are slightly more challenging, but we pretty much took them through the whole arc of a campaign. Um, 
I, I'm gonna. I, I think this is gonna be fun. So, sweetie. Yeah. How would you explain at the high level to start with how folklore plays, and then Josh and I will dig into oh, the God. particulars and details. Well, so, from a non-player, and I guess let's start with this. Have you ever role played? No, I have not. I've never. <laughs> I've never had a character. <laughs> Gaming role play, Josh. <laughs> oh, so the question. Josh, yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so, have you ever? <laughs> yes. Have you ever? You know, played no. a role playing game such as no. a Shadowrun, a D and D. I've never done anything like this. I've never built a character. I've never walked through a story. So, what campaign games have you played in the past? I was told Seafall is a campaign game. Seafall is a campaign Good game. answer. Good answer. <laughs> yes, I was told that last week. Charterstone. Oh, yes, Charterstone. We played most of a campaign for Charterstone. John, we're yes. still waiting. I feel like you don't finish it. It doesn't even count. It's more <laughs> like it didn't even start. We could turn it over and play again. So, is there any other campaign games that you can think of playing? Bill, Josh... I don't. I don't think you have. No, no. Do you guys? No. You, you guys keep track of what I play. Yeah, there really isn't. Like, I mean, really, what we're talking about is something that develops over time. You have your character or force, or and I've never had like a sheet of paper where I add things, subtract things, gain things, change things. It's true. I mean, because even in it's it's small stickers and yep. it's all already on the board. It's I just have to pull out my boat. Yeah. Well, in the boats, when you get right, your you stats know. on the boats change. So that'd be the only right. similar thing. But those were all big stickers. colored boxes. Yeah. No, this actually was numbers, math, um, choosing what abilities I wanted to have. Um, so, how would you, if one of your friends hmm. was at lunch? If you and Miss M were out at lunch and she was like, (laughs) I am so down for playing this because my very Republican Christian household (laughs) says doing this would be okay. Um, How would you you explain to her folklore plays? Folklore plays or like the overview of the game or the idea about it? Well, I would tell her that I was playing a game that... Uh, we were traveling across a map, and we were running into different people that we were facing off against, challenging, going to town. Um, I don't think I would even think to talk about the fact that we see wizards and Okay. I think she nailed the mechanics on ghosts. that one. I, I mean, think we're good. Yeah. Game off, right? Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> the podcast. Whatever it is that we do when we hang up. Uh, so that's what we did. <laughs> no, that, you're 100% sweet. That, was, mean, that was a bad joke. No, no. It's, 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 a, game of, it's a game of, it's traveling of, living, land. Out of, of living out fairy tales. Right? Yeah. That's why it's called folklore. It's, it, we called it the fairy, fairy tale, tale game. Yeah. You, you know? Yeah. Until I actually remembered the name. Usually they let me have a little, like, however I'm going to remember it. And we ease into the fact that it's actually called folklore. That's fair. So this is very much an RPG-style board game. 
Yeah. And it is a campaign game. Now, when I say board game, I, I kind of I drag that out and pause a bit because we do have a map, and we have a map that we're tracking where we're traveling. Um, I wouldn't say it's a full-blown role-playing game because while we have dice involved and everything else, we are moving models on grids in some cases. We are moving markers, meeples across a map. And the big difference for me between an actual or an RPG and this kind of thing yep. is choice. We do not have infinite choices. We have defined choices. We have defined choices. Uh, right? So it's another, it's another one of those systems where they GM it for you to some degree. Yep. Uh, and, and a lot of games are out there that do that to one uh, degree or another. So, you know, hey, here's a road event. And no, you can't just try and seduce the horse or whatever it is you're trying to do. Or, or you know... Right. Tackle and run away with the cart and steal it from the. You have two choices. <laughs> you can do A or B, <laughs> and, and, and you still get to choose. So you still have that aspect where you choose, and there's an outcome, and it has impact on you as a character, you as a group. But it is not an infinite number of choices, which I think for me is the big difference between RPG and other. I would agree. I would agree. Um, this has Having never played an RPG, really. Except oh, you did. You played Unleashed yeah. for a while. I, I did. I have, I have a Game of Witch Doctor in Unleashed. Yeah. You haven't played Dungeons and Dragons? Nope. You are a video game. Uh, growing up, yeah. Kid. Yeah. So, in this game, uh, the other thing that's commented on often online is that it's very much a story on rails. And I think that goes to some of a lot of what you're talking about. Yep. Um, you do have some open world choices. And I, that was one of the things I kind of enjoyed about the game, where on the world map, you, you can go wherever you want. But pretty much it says, you started here. Mm -hmm. The next step of the adventure is there. You can go wherever you want. But nothing's going to change. And nothing's going to change until you go there. <laughs> right? At least nothing in the world. The right. character could change significantly. Uh, we actually had one or two days where we just... So every time you go to town, when you're in the in the end, you can pick up rumors, which are little side missions. And we... Um, and we actually had one or two days where we just <laughs> said, screw it. And we went and romped around and did like six or eight side missions. Yep. Which, by the way, caused us to run all over the map, left to right. It was actually some of the most fun we've had just because it was a little more random. Because each mission was completely as a standalone idea versus like, here's the whole story we're working through with the chapters and the and the incremental steps. And here's what it's going right. to It's like, oh, whoops, I just walked into this thing and I found this dead person. Oh, I'm going to go over here and escort this guy. <laughs> right. Like there, some of that stuff was, was very different. We um, this is also a game and we've talked about it. Right. Fairy tales. But this is not Disney fairy tales. No. This is Grimm's fairy tales. Yes. Right? The werewolf's going to rip your arm off. Mm -hmm. The tree is going to beat you about the head and shoulders. But yes. the vampire won't bite you. <laughs> probably, probably. Most likely for long periods of time. <laughs> We've killed a lot of vampires. You. We're talking about you. <laughs> right. You were possessed as a vampire for, I don't know, I don't know, four one months? Of the, one of the first games. <laughs> Six months? I have no idea. I and really feel like there are things about my character I don't know. Well, that's why that's one of the reasons you hit as hard as you did. Yeah. Was because I was a vampire? Yes. yes. You had plus two to all your damage rolls because you were a vampire. So you hadn't flipped over completely to a vampire? No, no. I would know if I was a vampire because you would have called me a vampire. 
We did. No, <laughs> no, surprise. We did. No, Hopeful not times. really. We did. Not really. We did. The best part was she went around staking other vampires. <laughs> right. But you just said, go do that. And I'd right. go kill everything. But yeah, that's why so your that speech wasn't great. Good. And your faith wasn't great. And you couldn't have companions. Right. Because they thought you would they, you would bite them. It I was thought also... I never picked companions. No. no. We just didn't give you the option. <laughs> you See, this, they, they make the game playable for me. Remember at the end? Yep. When we fought the vampire queen, and you had to do all these roles to not hit us. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, your vampire blood Because you're a vampire. Fighting against you. I really thought you were just joking the whole time. No, no, no. You were on your way to being a vampire. Yeah. At one point, I'm sure Noticeably, you were playing a Slayer character. Yeah, I was. Based off of... Non-IP infringing Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. I had really cool swords. <laughs> you did, and good stakes, and... Yep. So... And apparently a halberd. But a light one. Right. Because she, she, she took a two-handed weapon and was like, yeah, it feels like about a one-handed dick. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to beat people with that. Yeah. I had strength. Because you, you were a vampire. <laughs> I was like, dot, dot, dot. I thought we covered that with vampire. I think that might be have to be the name of the episode. Uh, so, I didn't know I was a vampire. Yeah. Yeah, that's... You were. Not fully. No. See? That's so, what they would say to me. You're a vampire. Not really. Well, here's the thing, though. Had you ever died? Like, mm-hmm. the one time Josh died... That's right. We didn't die. There he is an aspect to the game where you... Wait, I became a ghost? You did. Yeah, you, there was one point in the game where you became a ghost. Yeah. I remember being very unhappy. I, about yeah. I think, I so, think Bill Hill... And, and we'll get to that. So one of the mechanics in the game, and that... It's one of the things I think is kind of cool. We didn't experience it much. I was like, I didn't... I wouldn't know much <laughs> right. about this. Um, there is a mechanic in this game. So you have models, which is one of the nice things. But models are not, right? In a fight, if you die, you actually continue on as a ghost contributing to the party. And it's only if the entire party dies and becomes ghosts, or if you die, quote-unquote, again as a ghost, that you go off to limbo and that you know truly bad things happen. So you can actually exist for quite a while as a ghost. Sweetie, you could not have... No? Like, no. Your card pretty much made it so that while Josh and I could die and become ghosts, if you died, you, like, literally we would have had to stop, pull out the vampire skirmish card, and And fight you. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, you were a vampire. We would definitely kill you. Yes. So it's a good thing that never happened, right? I let's be honest, we're all the defensive bucks. We actually live. But we were talking about the mechanics of how the game plays. So open world adventuring. Um, When when you get to a specific spot uh, of a town or some of the other landmarks in the in the world, the Church of the Crossroads, things like that, you were able to use services, and they gauged. Basically, town services were all the same. However, what they did is they made it so that smaller, more rural towns, you could only use one service during a visit there. So you could go to the blacksmith, or you can go to the, you know, in the tinker, or you can go to the inn, you could go to the healer. And we each did not have to choose the same service. Right. But the idea is that it was a small town, so there would be, each of us could pick whatever service we needed, but there would still only be one not. Hey, I'm going to go to the inn, and the market, and the gypsy, just because, you know, I like them. Yeah. Got to check in on mom. 
<laughs> so, so up to large towns where you could do three services each. Um, so, I mean, that's sort of how that works. We would, we would get an intro to the next story. The story was usually based around some sort of what's called an affliction. The background for this game is in this small section of the world penned in by tall mountains that we traveled into because we were called from afar. Um, some sort of darkness has begun to infest the land. And in this case, there were multiple darknesses. And the big boss monsters were called the Afflictions, which were those darknesses. Witches. Hey, I could have just stopped, skipped a whole paragraph <laughs> and just said, Witches. witches. <laughs> just so you know, there are some there's witches. a lot of random events that happen as you travel throughout the world. Uh, we call those skirmishes. Those are not ones where you pull the model out. They're just, cool, This you randomly ran into this, we're going to have a quick fight. Yep. Those we invariably found witches 70% of the time one night and then killed them. I mean, as soon as we heard the witch, doesn't matter what it is, we were in. <laughs> so <laughs> we that persisted. <laughs> that persisted for the entire campaign for us. Is at that point after that, and truly, it was seventy percent of the time one night, purely by random shuffle. Yep. And after that, it didn't matter. After that, it was, it was anti-witch. <laughs> I mean, we we murdered lots of oh, witches. <laughs> And then we murdered their cousins and their brothers. <laughs> and then I think at one point there was even a story where they all got together and they tried to like crush us under their boot heel. And we were like, but you're still witches. Right. So thanks for getting into one place. That makes this easier for us. I mean, I mean, let's be fair. Even when we ran into towards the end of the game, random events like you stumble across this cave. You hear somebody whimpering inside and we're like, it's got to be a witch. But you know what? We walk in. There's a young girl. We're like, okay, let us bandage you. And what does she end up being? A witch who tries to curse us. Right? I mean, look, it's <laughs> it's just the way it worked out. So we tried to kill witches. But yeah. that is a side note. Um, that is a side note. So so the, the afflictions are these grim fairy tales. So the types of afflictions that are out there, there's a werewolf. There's a dark tree. There is kind of a master witch, a, a really strong witch. Yep. There, um, uh, abomination was another affliction. There was an abomination. There was a vampire queen. Uh, there was also a, a spirit one. Uh, yeah, there was a there was a big specter of some sort. So there's this there's a series of different abominations, which are literally boss monsters. Afflictions. Afflictions, sorry. Afflictions, which are boss monsters. Now, yep. to get to that, We've been talking about the world map, but we might have part of the world map where the story says, now go to, you know, uh, Darken Woods. Go to, you know, such and such manor. Um, you know, go to Nerian's Hollow. And we would go to that place. And at that point, we would drop into a tactical combat game where we would l literally pull out separate maps. Yep. Uh, these aren't tiles that fit together as a map, but they're literal map sheets. Printed map Printed sheets. map sheets. Nicely printed, great graphics on them, different things, trees and dungeons and tiles. I actually like, and, I like them versus the tile system. Yeah. Just because they were able to be real thin, so you can get as many, you can get as much variety in that stack as you would in a big tile stack without all the headache of having to deal with finding the right tile and Sticking them together and putting them away afterwards. And then we would drop a couple tokens on there. There might be rubble. There might be doors, things like that. And then we would pull out our models. They would tell us where to place certain models for certain parts of the encounter. Yep. We would put our models 
and we would now progress into a more tactical RPG combat type of game. Yep. We would move through these environments, and at time to time, we would swap out maps, and we might start in a graveyard, and then drop down into a mausoleum, and then move into a cave system before we finally face... The affliction. The big bad. The big bad. Mm -hmm. And along the way, there's different monsters that will spawn. There's different monsters that will come up. There's places that we can go search. So we might be able to go search search an empty grave. And when we search it, oh, that was bad. A ghoul just jumped out. And now we got to deal with the ghoul. Things along those lines. Some hidden challenges. Someone's like, oh, make sure you put all these fires out. And while fighting all these people, and if either you lose or the too much time goes by, so the fire burns down the building. It's all sorts of things like that. So... Once you go through and complete, you know, kind of finish off the affliction, uh, or not, almost every, well, not almost, every one of the stories ended with a, if you have succeeded and won the final encounter, read this. If not, read this other thing. Well, if your whole party died is what the final <laughs> Right, right. Well, yeah, if your whole party died. <laughs> if the building burnt down. Yep. If, yeah. And... Then we didn't die. We did not. We did not. Um, so, I mean, at the very high level, that's the game. Now, a couple of the complexities that go in to understand before we start talking about our experience and sort of review the game. Uh, there are, I would say, a large number of characters that players can play. Um, I want to say it's 12. So 12 base classes. 12. Each class has a... Has two subclasses, right? And not you know, it's not like a spec into it. You choose one of the two subclasses when you take the base class, right? Right. So, for example, I had picked this priest, but my two sides were sanctifier or banisher, and the banisher was really a exorcist style priest, where the sanctifier was more of a healer style priest, healer and raise the dead, bring people back from being a ghost, which I wasn't really needed for. Apparently, once. That's only a feeling you messed up. <laughs> <laughs> you hadn't let me down in the first place. So, um, so yeah. So, I mean, there's 12 different character classes, each with the two specs. Uh, each of those character classes has a character book yep. and a character card. You feel comfortable mm-hmm. explaining the character card, sweetie? No. No. <laughs> well, that's where all my stats were, and that's where Josh made sure all my numbers were what they were supposed to be for the next game. So let me explain that a little bit better. There's a character book, there's a character card, then there's a character sheet. There's three oh. pieces that come together, and That's then true. a number oh. of cards. I would, oh. Yeah. Okay. So the character card gives you all your basics. It gives you a nice picture of your character, it gives you all your basics, and it is reversible. And one side is your corporeal still alive side, the other side is your ghost side. And you're going to take, you're really going to use that at the very beginning of the game to take your base stats, copy them onto your character sheet. Uh, You're going to copy off a couple of keywords so you know what abilities you can get. You're going to... What groups of abilities. What groups of abilities you can pick from. And then you're going to pretty much set it aside. Unless you die. Base ability of your... So the other two things, the other thing that's on there is your base ability. Like most classes have a base ability. Is it one of the cards? Uh, that come with, like, because you're also, that will be spec-specific. That a base ability is in general spec-specific. And then you, when you start your character, you get two 
initial ability cards, additional abilities of your character, and those are class specific, class not specific. spec specific. Right. That's the other thing that the character sheet says. So, right. So, and again, a lot of that you're going to copy over onto your character sheet, and, never and then you're going to put the card yep. aside until you become a ghost. Yep, pretty much. I, I mean, that's that's 100. percent Yeah. So the other thing you have is a booklet. Yep. You want to describe the booklet? Sure. Well, a booklet is, um, it's a folded piece of paper with, <laughs> oh, oh, that's I'm good. Yeah. No, 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 keep no. going. Uh, so the booklet actually, um, it's paper colored. It is. And so each class has additional class specific things that can be acquired at many of the, uh, town service places you can go. Right. So your book specifically lists out what, what class specific items and where you can get them. You were the Arcanist. I did. And yeah. as the Arcanist, when you went to the Gypsy Encampment... Uh, sure. Wherever it was. More, most importantly, if you play the Arcanist, <laughs> I suggest you spend 50 gold on a dousing rod. Because having water when no one else does is so, so good. So if you go to the Gypsy Encampment, you can spend some money and get a special item. More importantly, or not more importantly, but more specifically, the Arcanist can go to the stables and spend money to get a cat familiar. Yep. And it gives you plus one PowerPoint, plus one awareness, yep. and then you can train it to be a uh, to fight. With. And these are things that only you, as your class, are able to do. Yes, in in so much that the cat was me only. Right. There are there are animal companions and there are militia companions that anybody can get. But, but very specifically, all of those extra services yep. in your booklet are specific to you. Yes, unless you're playing the fashionista. Right. Um, but yes, in general, all that stuff is specific to you. It also gives you your two starting abilities and your, your starting, starting gear. equipment. Yep. Um, and it gives you the progression, the character progression sheet on the back. So the progression sheet is there's a there's a system in this called lore, which is basically experience. Experience, right? And every time you hit a a level up, it, there's a choice. Almost always, there's a choice. Uh, sometimes it's Spec dependent, so you don't actually have much of a choice. It's like, <laughs> hey, did you choose this spec? Then you have to take this. But sometimes it's just a stat increase, and sometimes you'll have a choice between two different things for your spec. Yep. Uh, and that's actually where you basically get all of your progression for your character over time. And then periodically, as you progress down that experience chart or that lore chart, your ghost character, your ghost stats, will stats change. will increase as well. Yep. And it's also where you unlock ability points. Uh, certain levels, specific levels, give you ability points. Ability points are used to buy, to new, buy abilities. new abilities, which are tied into the keywords tied to your character. We mentioned the keywords earlier, which yep. are the ability groups. Mine specifically was Forbidden, Mythos, and Learned. So when we went to spend ability points, I was like, oh, I've got six ability points. I can get anything. I can get a collection of abilities that cost uh, six points or less total. And it has to be from one of these three keywords. At least have one of these keywords on it. Right. At least have one of those keywords on it. Um, yeah, and that's the booklet, I think. And that's, I, I mean, and then the character sheet is a tra pretty traditional Dungeons & Dragons or role-playing game style character sheet. Keeps your stats on there. It keeps your, it stats to include your attack and defense. It keeps your uh, sort of basic abilities. So what's your archaeology skill? What's your lore skill? What's your trickery skill? Um, yep. your stat, your skill values. Yeah, your skill values. It tracks your lore amount, so your experience. It tracks your money. It tracks uh, statuses in the game. So there are 
different types of, you know, there's basically, uh, wow, now I can't remember the two because it's not Boone's. Boone's was separate. Uh, uh, well, it, it's... it's um, Backpack? No, he's talking about the positive and negative, what they're, what they're actually called. Yeah, there's, there's a set of effects in the game, both positive and negative. So, cursed. Cursed was negative. Uh, Bloodlust, becoming a I vampire, was, I, would be negative. I was bloodlust. Yeah. Um, brave is, yep. you know, uh, yeah. a bonus. And clearly they have done, they, they the new version, or not the, they have taken some learning from other games and actually yes. included the effect of each of these, um, both positive and negative status modifiers, on the sheet. So if you mark that I have bloodlust, it also says, here's what bloodlust means. Not just right. that you have it there and you have to write it down somewhere else. It, it is right there. And also, uh, we had the um, story track, story worker trackers there, too. Yep. Yep. Which is useful. So there's certain things that as you're progressing through, usually through the... Well, actually, no. You can get it on either side. So as you progress through your story, you might make a choice. And at the end of that choice, it says, you know... Um, you're in this town. There's a plague in the town. The town is run very short on supplies. Do you give supplies to the town or not? If yes... Get the green story marker. If no, have a nice day. And don't read that way. part until you make a decision. FYI. Right. But yeah, so because you actually don't even know. Just because you gave the the uh, supplies doesn't actually mean that's for the positive. For all you know, you just healed someone who was causing a problem and run to that later. Well, we, we had situations. I, I mean, yeah. I can think of twice. We had situations where it was, we would get into a comment and it was like, if they have this story marker, if they have the blue story marker... Read this next part. Oh, great things happen. Such and such is, is really weak and whatnot. If they have this other story marker, read this. Oh, the vampire had more time. Yep. <laughs> right? Uh, Drink more blood and is this much more powerful. Crap. Yep. So, you know, I mean, there's there's a good mix there. And it it's not always... 2020, you can always see where you made the choice. Right. But I, I don't think it's always as direct going forward. Which I like. Uh, especially Especially on some of those last story ones. Or it was definitely not clear the impact of the decision you were making. Right. I also, the other thing the character sheet tracks, and this is important, but maybe not super surprising, right? So there's the there's a whole section for your gear that you have on your character and uh, slots for that. But you also have your backpack. Then yep. you have consumables, which is a separate section. <laughs> and then you have all your what you're prayers wearing. and abilities and things like that, which is a third section. They're breaking out into sections so that you... Uh, and, and your companions are also tracked there. So that, like, you can tell which ones are where you need to write each one right. so it doesn't compete with numbers for the other ones. And and there is limited numbers on this. Yeah, we learned We spent a lot of time juggling that. And that's probably actually where our extra 45 minutes or two hours <laughs> for each event went. So that's the high level of the game. Let's drill into a couple of things that make this game different from other games of the sort. And... Uh, chances are the listener who's listening to this is thinking, like I have heard multiple times, oh, you mean Gloomhaven. We're not going to do a direct comparison to Gloomhaven, but I'm sure we're going to refer to it from here on out a couple of times here and there because there are, you know, some comparisons. Um, I will do my be diligent right now to point out this released before Gloomhaven. So saying as has been told to me that Folklore is a copy of Gloomhaven, is incorrect. I do believe they were developed very separately and uh, sort of towards their own ends. 
I think, well, certainly, I mean, no secret, at least in this room, that I, right. that, that, um, the, the way you go about playing the game, where you spend most of your time in the game is very different to me. Yes. Uh, and I agree. So let's start there. Uh, where do you spend most of your time in folklore? Uh, I think you, uh, to me, it, certainly for our parties, and maybe this is just because we were badass. Um, but for that us, most of the time was spent developing the story, which was heavily based around traveling. Traveling, because it would be like, go to these four random places to find the one that triggers the next part of the story. Right. So you, and those may, I mean, it may be, uh, for us, 20 or 30 minutes to get from one place to another, because every time you finish moving or you cross a certain boundary, that's an event, and then we have to deal with that. That's another event, and we have to deal so with So there's a couple ways to travel around the world map. Yep. Uh, there are roads, mm-hmm. and... Sections of the world map are blocked off by unblockable barriers. Um, yeah. And there's. Barriers. Right. And there's usually bridges. Well, almost always there's bridges that go across those or some way to get to where you're going. Yep. And you can choose to travel on the road. When you travel on the road, you get to move a certain number of spaces based on one of your stats, which is your stride. Uh, one of the things that's different in this game is you actually pass a first player marker every time. You make a move on the world map or transition maps on the sub-maps. Right. And it's a day and night side. And it's a day and night side. So if you're traveling on the road, the road is quote-unquote safer. I actually don't think so. <laughs> but we also, uh, so yes, and you get to move your full stride. And you get to move your full stride. Whereas if you travel not on the road, you, so, try, you, transition, you transition over a, a map boundary of some sort. Yep, and it's one. And it's a section, and it's one. Um, and, and part of the, the, one of the things you can pay attention to is how to most efficiently move, you know, hop from being on a map or a off-road section, quote-unquote, onto the, the road for three spaces. And, and then, then hop on, off. Then hop off into another off-road section, because that entering that next off-road section is what ends your travel. Right. Um, so if you're on a road, when you end your movement, you draw a card that's called a road event. And it says, has a day side and a night side, and you read the event that happens based on whether it was day or night when you ended. And then make a decision. Make a decision and do something. Yep. Whoever has the marker gets to make the decision. That's the leader. Right. And then the leader transitions to the next person. Off-road, you draw a card. There's no day or night decision here. Usually this is a describe an event, choose A or B. Flip the card over and see what effect your choice has. Yep. So you have more choice, and it's not impacted by the day and night part. Right. Um, Something that does come up primarily on road missions. Again, we didn't run into this, but uh, if you have somebody who's been infected by lycanthropy, and you flip the full moon, which shows how, as as my wife is confusedly looking around the room, which shows how little we traveled on the road. I was about to say, we <laughs> never traveled on the road. But would we? I had a dousing rod. It led me to water. If you flip the full for moon. Me, not for everyone, just for me. Right. If you flip it's the full sure, moon right? and it's night, your Maybe. lycanthropic companion will actually potentially werewolf out and attack the party. That That's nice. another one for me to kill. I yeah. like it. So, as you go along, I what will often before. happen is... Uh, one example that came up for us a couple of times here and there. You will uh, be traveling off-road. You will stumble across a farmhouse 
or a ritual being performed. A covenant of witches, A covenant maybe? of witches. Uh, yeah, we went into that a covenant <laughs> of witches performing witches. a ritual, and you get a choice. A, attack the witches. And interrupt and, the ritual. And interrupt the ritual. Or B, try to sneak away. <laughs> actually, on that one, it's wait and see what happens. I don't right. actually think there's a sneak away. <laughs> well, there was a couple of different covenant oh, yeah. ones. But, yeah, and and we already told you what we chose every single time, which was right? <laughs> go attack. And what happens then is it'll then say skirmish, which is uh, a game keyword, yep. skirmish with a bruja. And at that point, what do we do, sweetie? I kill it. Also true. Uh, so a skirmish is the kind of combat that happens that's non-tactical, and you don't get the models out. Right. Um, it, it gives you, you have some choices. You can go attack or defense focused. The interesting thing about a skirmish is because it's non-tactical or tactical, their attacks potentially hit everyone is long, so it's not like they don't have to choose a target when you all have models out there. People tend to it's, choose targets. It's a single roll against the whole party. Right. And each person has their own defense stat and their own attack stat. Uh, so that's against each person's defense stat. But also each person can choose to attack or defend, Yep, which is kind of interesting because if you attack, you're just full bore. Go with what you got. Go with your, it, your base stats. If you defend, you actually... Minus your ability to hit people, like you lower your own might in order to increase your defense. Yep. Uh, which especially may play a role early because uh, people's defense stats are low or early. Yeah, early. Now, with the skirmish, what ends up happening, uh, basically in a skirmish, bad guys go first. Now, the card that you're pulling for the Bruja or the werewolf or whatever, the, the zombie, the vampire, the card that you're pulling is two-sided. So one side is actually the monster card, the quote-unquote character card for the monster that's used in the tactical combat. Yep. And the other side is the skirmish side. The skirmish gives you some real basic vanilla stats, and it gives you a tracker that goes one to eight. And you're you, based on the number of players, you're going to roll a dice or a set of dice, and that'll determine where on this one to eight tracker you go. Now, you can interpret that in a couple of different ways. And a lot of times it comes down to what triggered the skirmish that's going to help you do that. For example, um, one of the skirmish encounters we ran into was we had disturbed a vampire at his campsite who wanted to die and... He's a single vampire. It says it right in the storyline. He's a single vampire. And we have, uh, you know, very givingly offered to kill him and give him his death for him. And in that case, it basically says set the tracker to, uh, I think it actually says set the tracker to one. Not that there's necessarily one vampire there, but that he is weakened and kind of giving himself up to you. On the other side where you disturb him piss him off and don't give him what he wants. He's like, I'm going to fight you anyways. And it sets the tracker to dice plus one. So he could end up being a five or a six or, you know, a three. And that is indicating he's much stronger. Yep. He's enraged. Now, on the other hand, we've always preferred to see when you hear a coven of witches, (laughs) well, often it was three. Sometimes it was six, right? Yeah. To be fair, in this case, it's all fluff. Right. In, in this case, the, whether it's multiple people or one more powerful one has no actual impact on gameplay. It's just right. the way you want to think of it. Because what, you're, what the actual thing that you care about for, for gameplay is the number. 
Because that's the number of successful hits you need to land to win the, the, skirmish. the skirmish. That's how many you have to do to, to defeat them in the skirmish. Right. Um, so there's no there's no health here on the monster side. <laughs> I was like, oh, on the monster right. side. Yeah, I'm sorry, there was very little health. <laughs> uh, you also don't get experience. You don't get lore for beating skirmishes. You do get more money, though. Yeah. Lore's actually a little hard to come by. Yeah. As it should be, right? I mean... Uh, like some of the later, some of the big stories give you like 100, 150 at most, but like most of, a lot of the fights you'll be doing give you no lore. Yeah. Just money and a chance to get items. So that's what you're going to see as you travel across the countryside. Um, now. Maybe that's why we took so much longer because we, we did so many skirmishes. We did do, I mean, you, you pretty much. Yeah. You do. A lot of times you pretty much skirmish every time you move. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's not uncommon. Yeah, and like I said, that's I think that's a lot of the flavor of this game, is, is the idea of us adventuring, going right. from here to there to get something, right? It's got to actually feel like an epic trip well, if we're going all the way across the map. And this is a, it's a dark land, it's a yep. land, I mean, we were confronted by farmers, which townsmen. we told off, we were confronted by townsmen. Angry mobs. Angry yeah. mobs. I, I, well, we pissed there off a lot of people, lot of apparently. Them. I mean... <laughs> Friendly people. Yeah, I really think it was the people. Problem. <laughs> right. it so that has nothing to do with us. <laughs> no, agree. no. <laughs> Didn't we choose? The alchemist liked us, right? <laughs> Very much. Didn't we choose this because it was a choose-your-own-adventure type game? Oh, one hundred percent. Isn't that so? Is the background one? behind this Kickstarter was I brought two Kickstarters to you to to my wife. Mm-hmm. I brought two Kickstarters to my wife and said, "Which one of these looks more interesting to you?" She spent some time reading the Kickstarters. One was folklore with models and story and everything else. Uh, the other one was the um, the uh, cards and the island. and the. You know, it's probably just on your shelf in the other room. Uh, no, <laughs> actually, I have never picked this other one up, but it actually is one of the more popular. Um, I think I got a choice. You did? Yeah, it's one of the more popular Kickstarters out there, and now I'm not going to be able to remember. Of course. Oh, what it is. It's probably not Gloomhaven. It is not Gloomhaven. Seventh Continent. Seventh um, Continent. And Seventh Continent. Oh. And Seventh Continent actually ends up being the higher rated game. Okay. Um, interestingly, and it you lay out cards and you know there's there's a massive deck of cards available that. Uh, regardless, we didn't get that one. <laughs> um, my, you know, sweetie, you basically at the time I do remember you were like you liked the models. Mm-hmm. You like the fact that there were models, so there was yeah. something tact- tactile that you could see. Right. And these were both choose-your-own-adventure style games, yes. but you felt more connected to fairy tales. fairy tales than you did to this exploration of some other land this based on This is probably art. soon after we finished, huh. or maybe in the middle no, of the sequel. Was, this was 2016, so this, is, this was a while back. Right. So was Seafall. <laughs> <laughs> no. Which was also an exploration based game. So. No, I, I like Choose Your Own Adventure books when I was little. Yeah. And so we have always, like I've always said, can we so, pick Choose Your Own Adventure? So, so that's the, uh, yeah. So that's traveling. That's the game. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of anything else. I mean, cool monsters. Yep. Yeah. You I, painted everything. As we went along, which was really neat. Yep. Okay, like I, I two models. A, I missed a couple I missed here and there. Two or three models. Nope, they were stylishly gray. 
<laughs> which actually did make non, a difference. Non-plastic plastic. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know how much work it takes to make a, a plastic model look like plastic? <laughs> it's not, Great it's job. Like, oh, Great you job. have no idea what kind of work I uh, did. No, I did, I did work through and make sure we were painted up as we went along. And it, and it did make a difference. Did it? Yeah, I think so. That's, that's it, good. Also, you kept it from me. So anything So you didn't see it until we revealed things Until either. you took it out off and put it on the table. Now, to be fair, I think it actually made a difference for both of you. You know, uh, I, think, I, I know Bill likes playing with models, and I know yeah. he likes playing with painted models a lot. And so it gave him a... I, I, think it make, I think it made a difference for... I think you guys both enjoyed the game more because there was painted models. Oh, I, 100% I did. And I got excited because they were cool. Yeah. So, in fact, I need to go back and finish those couple that I missed. We might um, see them again. We might. I guaranteed we will. If Almost we guaranteed again. we will. <laughs> So uh, so there is a number of expansions for this game. Yep. Uh, the expansions were sold together. Uh, there is a recent Kickstarter that came out that is coming up with another expansion next year, 2020, um, along with a number of models that are for the afflictions that are in the first expansion that I have that I'm frustrated about, but we'll leave that be. <laughs> really? Because that sounds like leaving it be. Yeah, Not doesn't it? Lie. Doesn't it? <laughs> But will you get it all in the end? Yes. Okay. Well, sure. After we're done fighting. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you think? I mean, six stories. I, eight and 14 chapters. Several months. Um, what did you think about the campaign game? Sweetie. Yes. I thought it was great. I thought my overall is it was a good experience. Um, but, but the beginning was very confusing. Very confusing. Very hard to understand um, the mechanics. And it really wasn't until like a certain day where I had everything put together and I went, oh, so I had a light bulb moment in the middle of this game. Okay. I was struggling. I was, we're doing this together. This is, you know, Sunday family game, all that kind of stuff. And then I got it. She also had the most mutating numbers of anyone else on the table. Yeah. Because when we talked about this, the skirmishes and that Matt modifying her attack and defense, she also had to modify her attack or defense decision at the start of every fight. Um, and then there's a couple of abilities that triggered based on what you were fighting. And she swapped. She was the Swapping largest swap of, of weapons during the fight. So thank you, Josh, very much for keeping me on track. Because we did at the end of every game. We kind of look at my character and everything. Because Bill's putting everything away, so someone has to like right. so one <laughs> take of the things, control. One of the things I will say is there is a there is a expansion of the game out there called sold called the Equipment Pack. We did not have it. Mm-hmm. In fact, we just got it just Ooh, prior to cards. podcasting. And Josh mentioned in the booklet there's a bunch of equipment that is individual to each character that can be picked up. Well, all of that equipment, the idea from the game developers from Greenbrier Games originally was this is going to be played by a bunch of role players. So they'll just write that stuff on their character sheet like they do when they role play. And remember. Not thinking that... This might be played by a bunch of board gamers who want all the equipment out and around them and not having those cards. We actually, for I to make for you, cards. we made cards for I'm you. I'm a visual. Well, not only that, though. If you have cards for everything else right. except X, Y, and Z, 
that's when you're going to forget about it or you're not going to use it right or all sort there's a there's right so this pack comes with all the class specific items right that the items that exist in the game which is very exciting for me yeah so i made little little and, post-its and it was reasonable once you did it oh, yeah. you didn't do it for the first little while and it was it was much more difficult for you yeah and there there is as you get along, there is a fair amount to track. I mean, we all ran into it at some point where we were like, I can think of multiple times where you know, we'd, we'd be three rounds into a combat and you or I, Josh, would go, oh, crap, did our, our oh, I didn't do my companion attacks. Let yep. me let me add that in. And oh, I forgot I had this other ability. Let me oh, add yeah, three we more. About your Link, I swear to God, I maybe did that. <laughs> it's like the fourth ability I get on that character. It's like 800 lore, yeah. maybe. And uh, at the end of the game, we were, I was at like 3,000 lore, and I probably remembered it four times. The whole thing. <laughs> so there is, I mean, there's a lot to remember in there. Because um, I, I think I might have cheated a little. Well, we cheated you out of two damage on all your attacks the whole last night until we made you not be right. a vampire anymore. Then I was like, oh, no. And then we recalculated everything because you should drop two, you know, the two damage for not being a vampire. We cured you of vampirism. And your damage still didn't change. Yeah. Then we were like, oh, no, that was an addition. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, <laughs> yeah. So, like, on these little cards, when you use them, you have a point number. And I thought that was how much you bought them for. It is how much you buy them for. Yes, but you, during... It's also how much you spend you to spend use them. You spend to use them. For non-passive skills. Right. And I, like, it's both, but yes. I did not do the latter. But uh, I didn't figure uh, that out to the last game. You did. You didn't throw your stakes much. And you didn't use your other ones. Uh, you Mm-mm. put almost all your uh, power points attacking with an additional weapon. <coughs> we yes. mentioned her two-handed wielding of the halberd. She right. also pulled a cutlass out that will hit someone. And then if there was other people near her, she could so hit them too with it for free if she hit the first person. So she was like, cool, I hit this guy with this halberd. And then I wail on this person with this cutlass, <laughs> which also hurts that guy. And oh, I did plus five on each of those hits. Plus like I damage. said, I killed things. You that was your role. That was, that was your job. Whether or not I did my points correctly, <laughs> I went in and killed things. So I, I want to get some some comparative opinions from you. So I'm going to go first, Josh. Okay. And I forgot, um, we didn't really talk about the idea of abilities and ability points. We talked about you being able to get more abilities and then existing, but there is a mechanic in the game of yeah, basically power like points. Ma- a power points, yeah, or points like or... whatever. Right? It's, it's your resource for doing. Things. Abilities, specifically. Um, and, and, and or ghost stuff, if you ever get to ghost. That's all. So that's what we were just talking about with PowerPoints. Yep. And that's how you activate your non-passive abilities. And I forgot to do that yeah, 75% of the game. Yeah. And again, yours were very straightforward, and your character had very few PowerPoints compared to Josh and I, who were both considered spellcasters. Yes. Cthulhu. Tiamat Cthulhu combo <laughs> for the win. So... Um, so, uh, we also didn't talk about how magic is used. There's prayers and rituals. Yep. And there are items that actually, instead of attacking or whatever, you would use those. Um, magic in this game, not used directly off your character, which would be more... Mythos and Forbidden is one thing, right? Tiamat, Cthulhu and everything. But the raising and things like that, those were all abilities that, that we had. Uh, meanwhile... 
spell. Yeah, yeah, had. No, no, I was like, we. We. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, spells, like you had rituals, and a lot of times you were using your rituals to restore your power points. Yep, it's one of the abilities of my character was I could discard a ritual to regain all my power points. Right. Uh, I, but I rituals really, were fairly rare. Yeah, prayers, hard to come by. prayers were less rare, but that would be the holy magic, and it had different effects. Some of them were very good, and like I used one in one combat that let everybody take free attacks. Yep. And to be fair, these are one-time use. Each yeah. of these, like you have to get another one, and it will be randomized, potentially from different. So likely to be different. Yeah. Uh, and I of the I probably had six or seven rituals throughout the game. Which total, which should tell you yeah. over, the, over the total number of times we played. And while they are... And not one duplicate. And while they are impactful, I wouldn't say they're all strong. Uh, I would agree. I, I would actually... Uh, 100% agree. Mo- a lot of the ones that I discarded were, oh, for the next fight, everyone gets reduction too. All enemies get reduction too. Well, which is impactful. Yeah, but a lot of times I'd yeah. much rather just get power points back so we can just... Kill something faster. Right. I can do something, right? So for my character anyway, because that was my way of getting power points back, it was almost, I think I cast two. I cast two rituals out of the seven I had and all five other ones I just discarded yep. for, for power points. So in looking at the game, I, I really I really enjoy playing Folklore. It is a very setup intensive game. There's a lot of decks. There's a map to roll out. Now, there's a smaller map, but I got the neoprene map, which is a nicer, large, I'd like large, to say that is a map. really nice map. Yeah. The map I, is really nice. I was happy with the map. Um, it also takes up a significant section of the table. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. were playing. We're not on a small table. I mean, <laughs> we're playing with our, our large dining room table and filling it. Honestly, like, if, if we were in a place without that, I would have had to mount, we would have said mount the map on the wall. Right. And we'd just use a tack or something to be like. Here's where we are now, and then we've moved here, and then we're here, like something like that. Yeah, we wouldn't have been able to put a fourth. Well, we would use we would use the smaller foldout board that is the basis of the game, not an not an extra. That's a nice, pretty map. It is. Um, There's a lot of cards, right? So, so there's cards for your equipment. There's cards for your treasures. There's cards for your your. uh, There's tokens, little cardboard punch out tokens for your disposable consumable items. I mean, there's cards for rumors. There's side stories, cards for everything. Off-road events, uh, normal road events, items, rituals, artifacts, prayers, skills. artifacts, skills, which is a huge stack that you shouldn't get out unless you're actually going to go shopping. Right. Um, because it's, it's literally, it's, uh, but also the companions, the animal companions, the militia companions. Yep. All of those things are different cards. And then stacks. all the afflictions yep. have a card. Your character has a card. All the monsters in the game have their own card. Well, those are, those are, those are not. I would not have considered those standard cards. Those are no, they're large size cards. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's a, this is a card heavy game. Now, I will say for me, it didn't feel over burdensome once we were playing. But it was. I would think about dedicating a good fifteen minutes to set up and a good twenty minutes to tear down. I really can't comment because you were my good friend when Bill I got here. <laughs> set that up before my arrival. So you took care um, of me afterwards, though. And, and well, and then you know, I I have two boxes. I have an expansion box and a regular box. So uh, I put all the miniatures in one box and all the game material in the other box. Yeah. So um, and I have a Plano box as organization. I mean, a lot went into organizing this. It can be done and it makes it efficient. But you're still looking at, you know, 
15 minutes of setup, 20 minutes but of tearing But it's not a game where you felt it was important to get an, an actual broken token organizer. Which I, Correct. Which, which I'm saying is an important and they don't distinction. Make because you often... <laughs> right. but, yeah. but, but like, I often get them. And right, I don't it, feel like it needs right, it. Right, you didn't feel like it even needed it. Right. I mean, you're aware that I, they don't make it, so you're kind of thinking <laughs> that at some point. Well, no, but um, they don't make it. But more importantly, on the latest Kickstarter, one of the things they came out with is they said, okay, we're releasing potentially a third tray of models. So what we're going to do is release a... F- there's a four-tray divider to sort all the models into... Yeah. Oh, that's to make nice. it a little bit easier. It's one of the things I picked up on the latest Kickstarter. So that'll make things a little bit nicer for pulling models in and out. Yep. And I do want to go back to you guys are talking about all these cards and little tokens and things like that. Now, for me, that was incredibly helpful. Because okay. like when you're talking about D&D and role-playing games, you do so much in your head. And this that, was more tactile on the board. Yes. So we're doing a lot of imag- we're doing we're being imaginative, but I am a, I'm reminded how many stakes I have. I'm reminded how many bandages I have. I'm reminded of all these things. Yep. So for someone who doesn't do well without reminders, that those were actually more helpful than my map. I mean, actually, than my card that I wrote on. Yeah. That's, like I would, that's good. I, that's would, a... I would like color in a box and be like, oh, really? I was that? You know, <laughs> but I knew I was bloodlust because I had it in front of me. Right. Um, I have role played Dungeons and Dragons and other, other role playing games. And this has that role playing feeling without a DM, but it is very much for me not a role playing game. Right, I'm not playing a character. I never felt compelled to name my character, although I, I'm, I don't know if you guys did or not. It's one of the things you can do. It might make you feel more attached to your character. I mean, but I did. It was the Arcanist. Arcanist, right? <laughs> I mean, just because my subclass was my name, like I don't. If that can, because it's all your interactions are all about your your it's, class and how it works in the combat focus of the game. Yeah. But right, it, we I mean, didn't like mean. all your decisions and where your skills come from and what keywords right. you have. So in general, we only we consistently only use our class identifiers as this is who we are. <laughs> right, right. Go kill it. So <laughs> only the witches <laughs> and everything else. Um, <laughs> I do like the I do like the afflictions of the big monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find that the tactical combat in this, and we're going to hear Josh talk about this more. Comparing, you know, talking about a light comparison to Gloomhaven. My experience with Gloomhaven was the tactical movement on the boards was very clunky, where this can be clunky, but for the most part, it's pretty straightforward and didn't really get in the way of just playing the game. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think the tactical, you know, to end, this is mitigated by the fact I played the Arcanist. Yep. But in general, I would say the tactical placement on the board for folklore is very low. Like it's super forgiving. You can almost go anywhere you want. And very rarely a couple of people are like, Oh, if you have two of these uh, flesh eating ghouls, they stop you from moving a couple yep. things like that. But in general, it was, you didn't want to run stand too far away. Cause that meant that you would get hit or not hit. But if you didn't get, if you got hit, then you would get hit by everybody. And that would be right. a bad day. Right. Um, whereas like, if you stand next to everyone else, that, that could randomize more. 
The caveat to that was I was playing the Arcanist, which has an aura of one. So if you're adjacent to me, you got things. Right, so, so we all we spent a whole bunch be. of time <laughs> holding arms and going, <laughs> while, the, while the flesh and ghouls of the zombies or whatever came over and attacked us. Right. Um, so I think the Arcanist forced more tactical placement for our party than would otherwise have been there. And there is comments online, like this goes back to the first story. There's comments online about people being stuck in the corner from the werewolf because you can't move through the werewolf. And there is a point where if you don't move soon enough, he will move in and block the space between you and where you're going. But I don't know. Maybe this comes into play more with people with ranged weapons. We were fighting almost everything melee anyways. Our entire party um, was melee. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, eh, yeah. Um... So that being said, I, I think it's a great game. I, I do. Um, I think it's worth people trying. Yes, it has some challenges, but I don't think they're too much to overcome. Mm-mm. Now that being said, so Josh, give us give us your thoughts, but also give us. You've played more Gloomhaven. You've actually completed a Gloomhaven campaign. Yeah. with a different group. So give it. Th- that is what this is most compared to. Okay, and, which is reasonable in a lot of ways, although. I think of them, and I, while playing them, they feel very different. Why? So, one, because Gloomhaven, so we talked about there's the, the story for, the point of the folklore for me is our party traveling places and dealing with the world and being there. Yep. And then we're going we're gonna to accomplish this goal and move the story along, but for a lot of it, for me, that game, this game is a lot more about the, sto- the, the, travel, the journey the overworld. instead of the destination. Okay. Um, and while there's a, some of that, they do it very differently, but like in, in Gloomhaven, when you travel, it's a single event and then you just appear where you are. Yep. Flip a card, you're at right. the dungeon, it's on the other side of the world. Yep. And, and so that game is much more heavily focused on the player interaction, placement, but player interaction in terms of um, our abilities and the decisions we make during our during combat. Yep. The placement of you in relation to that, it's much more tactically... Um, intensive. Yep. And um, it's much more about that period of the, the that the using the models, dungeon crawl, right? The dungeon crawl part of the game versus folklore, which is much more about the journey. Uh, the the thing about Gloomhaven is they don't they have standees for almost everything except for the actual player models, so they don't have um, the wealth of actual models to get put down right. that we did. Um, what did you think? I mean, playing Gloomhaven, what did you think about the skirmish mechanic? Yeah, the skirmish versus tactical combat mechanic. Because that doesn't exist in Gloomhaven. Right. I was like, oh, that's not in Gloomhaven. Um, so, I disliked, and this is this is my one, this is the thing I would say about the game initially. I disliked the skirmishes initially because I felt that they were almost punishing. Because it hits everyone... And because everyone's defense starts slow, right? Like, you you showing up to where you're trying to go, half dead, right. is not unusual at all when you first start out. Which makes some of the decisions later a lot harder to, to accomplish, right? That's, yes. That makes, and that's, that might be why I designed, because like I said, the goal for me about folk because when I first started playing, I was like, we gotta get here, we gotta do this, we gotta, we gotta go accomplish this thing. But as we played it more, I was like, oh, it's much more about the journey, it's much more about... What's happening, like the world we're in as we travel from A to B. 
Um, you got stuck in the fairy tale. Uh, well, I got stuck <laughs> in the world, but that's so that's why. But, that, but I think that's a huge. At the start. I think, I think that's, that's a huge positive, though. Yeah. He got sucked into the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, I was just teasing. So that's that's what I would say about that. I I found that a little defense goes a long way, especially there, uh, especially at the start. Like yeah. getting a plus five defense shield, just spend your first fifty gold on upping your defense so that you don't get crushed in skirmishes. So. And, and I, I don't know if it's a criticism or not. It is a fact of the game. Equipment is incredibly important. Yeah. And defense is critical. I agree. And you can skew it. You yeah. can skew it hard. Uh, so the, the di- difference there is I felt that our health... Well, so in Gloomhaven, I feel like your health is much more in danger a lot during the tactical part of the gameplay. Hmm. So... Because as soon as you start losing health, that's also losing cards, which is also cutting you out of the game because you have to discard cards to block damage. Right. Like that that has a snowball you down to hell real quick if you if you're not doing well, if things are bad. Especially because the debuffs there block a heal. So if you have poison, if they heal you for five, it gets removed. Your poison gets removed and that's it. Right. If they heal you for one, poison gets removed and that's it. So that causes more complexity in how you go about dealing with those. This game, once once we got there, we were much more like, cool, like, whatever. Yep. Well, your health got low multiple times, I'm sure. I, like, I saw it. I don't know how. I was really confused every time. But I had, I had the, <laughs> of that, I had the lowest defense yep. in the party. I was the healer, so I had focused on being able to heal a lot. Which is and good, to be able to health went down a lot. <laughs> and to be able to bring people back from ghost form, or even from limbo, which right. is banishment after ghost form, yep. kind of bring them back. So we were covered if we ever got into trouble, but I put a focus on that, and both of you drove up, our frontline fighter drove up her defense, and our wizard who had to stand in the middle of everything drove up her defense, and suddenly... I'm the easiest to hit. I'm the lowest, the lowest health. Right? But, but you had the ability to keep yourself going. But I too. could keep myself going. And that was important. Because we were just sitting there going, "What is wrong with him? He just keeps falling over." I don't Jesus get it. Christ! Uh, so that now, part now, of the to be said, yeah. when we did run into those situations, uh, one of the fights where Julie's character got wrecked. I did. Yeah. There, oh, yeah. Towards the end, yeah. would have been a completely able. different fight if I hadn't been able to go. Oh wait, you're hurt? Almost yeah. almost yes. too dead. Bing bang boom. My um, turn. Plus your, 10 health. Yeah. You're healed almost fully. Go kill. <laughs> Which was to be fair, if I had been him going, almost dead, huh? <laughs> I have this ability, I have it used all way. game. <laughs> I don't think no, no, so. No, no, uh, look, it, it's so close, I just can't quite heal you this, Darren. Oh, cool, resurrect you, kill you another 20. Yeah, I could have done that last turn, I just forgot. My mistake. Uh, so that, that for me, so but like, I didn't feel that they, the amount of damage, that more accurately, we had enough health. Yeah. That... In the tactile, tactile, uh, or tactical, more accurately, in the tactical combat of, of folklore, I didn't feel because they weren't hitting you for a third of your health or half your health, right? Or those kinds of numbers, almost ever. A couple of abominations were, but that's because they attacked twice. Um, you the afflictions, yeah, 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 the affliction. Sorry, uh, you weren't spiking, so it was like, oh my god, I've got a. And when those things did show up, yep. I mean, to be fair. When those types of monsters showed up, even the non-afflictions, the the couple of monsters that hit really hard, we went, 
like we'd be like, eh, it's not that bad. It's just another fight. It's just a, and they'd hit us. And we'd go, what? What? Oh, oh, hey, <laughs> one or two fights. I literally. For four hey. rounds, ran away to the corner to guarantee I would be the furthest person away and thus not targeted because I was sitting at one health going, well, if I get hit again, this is super bad. Right. Actually, that was the one I got turned into a ghost. I was like, hey, so if I get hit again and lose all my ghost points, I go to limbo. Yep. Now, that. And that was before I had the ability to pull people back. And before we fully read the card that said I started with 20 ghost points right. instead of <laughs> seven. <laughs> but, you know, there's look, that. <laughs> minor, minor details. Learning curve. Just a learning um, curve. But, so, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, there's... So, the, I, I, I felt, all in all... Skewing defense is huge. It is. And all in all, if I was to rate the difficulty of these two games, I think Gloomhaven has a higher tactical difficulty. And I think... Folklore is designed to be about the story and about being likely to succeed and have fun whenever you do. Now, I'm not saying Gloomhaven isn't fun, but I think that, like, what I'm getting at, though, is that's what the focus is. And what I will add is, if you're a new player who has not learned to skew to defense, and there's only two of you playing without the new and improved errated two-player buff rules... That is not the case. <laughs> We're third. Go, go find, go find a friend. Josh showed up. Oh, Things yeah. went well. Then it started so getting much over better. with so Josh. Much and surprise, it went well. I'm just saying, there's one theme between those two situations. <laughs> so there is a mechanic in the game which Josh never got to see. He heard about it. He saw the effects of it. He never got to see it. Uh, which is, you lies. draw it. I carted your dead souls <laughs> around all over the place. You draw a tarot card <laughs> when you are killed and then killed. Your ghost is killed right? and banished to a limbo. You draw a tarot card. And tarot cards are these... Tarot cards are these incredibly heavy penalties <laughs> that get applied to your character. You done effed up. Yeah, until you, and you can you can get two of them. And there was a point where sweetie, you and I were playing, yeah. and we were like, "Let's take the third to exchange one of the two. I mean, it, it, it they we get started the game off and did not do well. But they and the tarot cards are punishing. Yeah, now they're supposed to be. And this is what becomes interesting. As we just finished our game, this doesn't sound horrible. There's one place in the world you can go to and spend 100 gold to remove a tarot card. However, for the first of the six stories we did, probably for the first four, we were struggling to get the party between the three of us to 75 to 150 gold, never mind 100 gold apiece. Sure. It ramped up. Well, no, it <laughs> ramped up quick at the end. Sure, yeah. at the end. I mean, I, I went from once, zero to three hundred in, in that last day. But but that was on those last days when most of the equipment we were selling and yeah, we weren't trying yeah. to. I was, we, the whole party we had every, almost every slot full. Yeah. When you got a replacement, you're like, cool, this is better for me than what I have. Does anyone need blood? And then we give it to but whoever it, needed it. It took half of our campaign sure. to get us all geared up. I agree. Um, yeah, tarot cards are. Are really painful. Uh, the alchemist can actually, for like fifty gold, just remove the effects of any tarot cards on her. Mm. Um, at the gypsy, is one of her special like character specific yeah. visiting powers. But you know, <laughs> worry not. Yeah, well, <laughs> worry not. He who almost never dies. <laughs> so overall, folklore: yes, no, good, bad. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I've certainly enjoyed it, and we are talking about doing another one with a new set of characters for the, yes. for the expansion box. So we're all going to play 
other classes than the ones we have currently played. Um, so Mine I'm, will be less complicated this time. We hope. Yep. I mean, who knows what, what we always aim for. We, we just didn't fully read your stuff last time. Not going to lie. We said Slayer. Well, that's obvious. Oh, Everybody's a fighter. Everyone fighter. knows what the Barbarian does. <laughs> right? Um, so, but, I probably like the model. Yeah, we were looking for, we were looking for actively different. Or I personally am looking for actively different, which is not going to be hard to find, right? I just have to choose a different subclass and specifically look for different keywords so that I have different growth opportunities right. beyond what's built into my class, because that's one set of changes, but also what can I learn with my points later if I choose something that has a different set of keywords, then I can do that as well, and then give me a more um, uh, customization. Yep. What about you, honey? I'm excited to play the next game. I, 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 I am excited to move on. I am intrigued to see what the nightmare, what the sort of add-on, even tougher level of game is. Well, to be fair, we weren't actually at the hardest level. We were us. at midnight. Were we? Was that yep. the hardest level? No. So, yeah, so like there was one more the, step. Yeah, up. the rating, the rating to these uh, midnight is the hardest it goes to in the core box. Nightmare was added for the expansion box, the is, Dark Tales is box. Is nightmare just one? The nightmare stuff is all one-off missions. That we can go back and do. That we so can go back we to play do with our characters our... that are already buffed up. We would. We would. Yeah, we, that was the decision we were discussion we were having. So I think the interesting thing for me, so based so here's the one thing I had to say about this whole thing, right? Uh just the one. Just the one. Just the one. Uh, so so Bill and Julie started <laughs> and they had a very tough time of it. And they had picked whoever they wanted to pick. I joined and we flubbed you out for a little bit and I got tired and of then we decided to run, so we started again. <laughs> now the decisions made the second time were with the knowledge that, hey, this game is kind of punishing. We should choose and we made a more cohesive party. Right. We yeah. made a more we thought about def- it. detailed, like a more um was a well, we planned collectively it determined yeah. like we fit we needed we were like, cool, let's have a healer. Cool, let's have someone who helps us tank, right? So right. I'm not but I did not make my selections based on the on the next class based on those requirements. Mm. So I'm I'm interested to see how our next party does if if it's we've now got enough understanding about the game and the mechanics and how to do well. So you don't want to collaborate. Don't focus so much on what care what classes we Being take. further along the learning curve of the game. Right. Does that offset does that offset the difficulty and the punishment? Right. And so do we choose does everyone just choose the class they want to play and we'll figure it out? <laughs> or do we go, well, cool, you're gonna take that, so I need to take this so that we cover these different angles. I'll admit, I mean we're gonna play before the expansion gets here. Because mm-hmm. there is some stuff well, we in the expansion have. that's kinda of cool. Yeah, but we have stories to play for. We have a whole expansion of stories. We have a whole expansion yeah. of stories that we're gonna play. There are characters that are calling to me. Oh, geez. So there are definitely the top hat wearing illusionist looks kind of cool. You're not going to heal me in the last round? No. He doesn't really heal. The courtesan model looks great. I'm just not sure about all her abilities, although she sounds kind of silly. Isn't she the one that goes... Steals everybody else's abilities and... Yeah, so that's the fashionista scoundrel. Yeah. Scoundrel seems really strong, especially because her... If you go scoundrel once per chapter, take another turn. Right. Yeah, no, that I'm... That seems I'm, good. I'm with you. <laughs> cool. Um, oh, is it my turn again? Screw you. 
Now, there's other stuff that doesn't strike me as very interesting. The scientist, eh, the archaeologist, eh, right? I like um, the archaeologist, not gonna lie. But like, don't don't get me wrong. Like, I was looking at the butcher, and I was like, I I can see he's yeah. strong. Like, his base damage seems real high. But I was just like, his his thing is cool. I get slightly more money when I deal with townspeople, and I get slightly. Yeah. All right, like that's not even interesting enough for me to like want to see. Like, and that's what that... I mean. Some things have called to me. Yeah. So I, I agree. we'll, that's we'll figure that out when we sit down. Well, we're going to have to do some research on who I'm going to be. Which that research may just be put out all the models. <laughs> Which one do you like? Which one do you like? And then I'll paint that one. <laughs> well, put out the models. Which one do you like? Look at what that character is. Slap out of her hair. No. Pick again. But you better this time. Well, when, I, when I said all the models, I didn't mean all 12. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just gotcha. the ones you want me to play. Just the acceptable ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she might like the Avenging Madman. Yeah, I was going to say, the Avenging Madman. He seemed strong and not that complicated, but I don't remember. Like, he's one of the ones I showed some interest in. Just because he's cool, because he rips off. A I really liked being stuff. strong, I, or being like effective. Well, you can be effective at a lot of things, and none of them have. You don't well, have to be. She she liked being. I, I think. I think I liked being the hero. The the, the primary ha- the vampire is never the hero. <laughs> I kill everything. Well, Twilight. I, I'm sorry. Don't think I read all of Twilight. <laughs> no. Did you see? Well, we had girls. We had to we watch had the girls, movies. We had to watch the movies. Never that's actually not how that works. You go. That's cool. We can go to your room and watch that. <laughs> no, you so, have to watch it with them. Um, I do. I did see that. I think. I think. I liked that. Like you guys. You like took care the, of the game. The, you helped me with my right. numbers. You. You know. I like all that, but then it was neat to be in the fight, and you and guys And she go, rolled dice, and things died, and yeah. she was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I just, you guys Uh-oh. were like, oh, handle this. <laughs> all right, all right, so we're going to go in with three damage dealers. No right. dealing. <laughs> None. So, just, you know what, archaeologist, because I have a second to kill myself. We Screw might have this. to have, we might be ghosts. Uh, yes, that that is what would happen. Or I think we would have three damage dealers. I don't know. I could do something else, but it, it felt good. It felt good we'll to be see. in a game where I was able to kill things. Impactful. Uh, yeah. You know what else Visi- is impactful? Visibly impactful. Taking someone from one health. <laughs> <laughs> to 20. You know, I, no, I get it. No, what, what you're saying is important, though, because it's, it's important to know what you'd like so, and what you look for when you play a character. So unlike Spirit Island, where I think she... Wants to be the support character? Folklore, I don't think she wants to be the support character whatsoever. <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize this till afterwards. And That's it's fair. coming more to me as every time we mention something, I'm like, I killed it. <laughs> Go kill it. I'm I'm hearing myself being kind of proud of that. That's that's not, very good. Very different for me. Incredibly viable. So we'll see. We'll I mean we'll update our, you know, really really dedicated listeners here with how the new campaign is going once we have characters and are in the new campaign. Yeah, yeah we'll touch on that. So I think that's it. Uh, positive review of Folklore. Yeah, You absolutely. should go play it. Just because you played Gloomhaven does not mean you should avoid this. I would say they're very different games. Yeah. And if you like story, this is probably a good campaign game. For and it you. was a fun story. I mean... I, I mean, it was vampires and werewolves and all that, but it it was it was it was a good story. 
Sure. I mean, this was the closeout, so I'm just going to be quiet. Just go but, with it. Yeah. Close out. That was the closeout, right? You didn't want to add anything else? Uh, you so do. The overarching world story, I didn't actually get that into. Okay. In in folklore. I actually did huh. more in Gloomhaven. But the overarching, like, like I get, like I focused on the story we were in. Well, we're doing this to go there. So each individual story you got into, but. Right. But like the tie-in across all six stories. So I will no. say this. Okay. I, to be fair, they didn't really come out until the fifth or sixth and, story. Gotcha. Until the last story. Right. And so that's why I was like, cool, we're going to do this. But I wasn't like, what else could be going on that might be related to me having no, just killed this, this tree? This was, this was Monster of the Week. Right. I mean, it, it, it and I think that actually that is an important thing to say because I will, having looked ahead at the models I need to paint and the prep for the upcoming stories. Yep. I believe the, the, the storyline. So I'm trying to think of how to say this. There is a storyline similar to like there, what we just played, right? There is a campaign line mm -hmm. that is interconnected stories in the expansion. Then there is a number of one-off things you can just go do that you can play in the storyline. You can play a, besides it. You can play yep. as just sit down and play. Bring in your last characters and it happens after you face the sixth story. You, know, you can do it anywhere along the line. I think the writers of the expansion did a better job, it looks to me, they did a better job of linking the stories. Because this does feel, I agree, like a monster of the week uh, that was a story very thing. That was a very good definition for folklore. Because it was monster of the week versus... And then suddenly the we world. got... And, 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 okay, bit of a spoiler, but I don't think it's really a spoiler enough to upset anybody. The very last scene, as you're winning, the guy goes... Everything's linked, and I was the puppet master, and you just killed me. And it's like, sort of, really? I mean, you didn't kill me. Said so I'll be back. Right, right. I'll be back. <laughs> right. So, sure. Delay him slightly. Right. But I mean, I, like, it really was sort of loosely linked. But you got it to the game, and it was like, it was just because it was. I guess sure it was supposed were. to be like, cool. What? Oh, so I heard something bad's going on over here. Let's go figure it yeah. out. Right. And it is framed that way, right? You're in this town bringing supplies. You're over here, yep. and the alchemist tower gets lit on fire. Oh, crap. What do you do? Yep. I agree. I, I, I'm looking forward to the slightly more interconnectedness, um, because I think that keeps you in the world. Not yes. So like, of course, I was getting into the stories of folklore, but not the world. But not the world. And I think that's literally the opposite of me for, for Gloomhaven's to bring that. Gloomhaven, I was actually into the world, because there's... All these decisions you make, and you can see their impact on the world as a whole. Yep. But the actual individual stories, you're like, oh, whatever. But, like, cool, that actually impacted this and this and this, and now this is happening. That sort of thing you see without being like, this fight matters. And we did have little things like that. Like, I can remember at one point there was a, in this combat, if you, in the very first story, dealt with the werewolf in this way. Yep. This happens. Yeah. If you dealt with them in this other way, this other thing happens. And that's certainly true. Like it just it wasn't. But it wasn't heavy. prevalent, right? It right. Was, there was not a lot of foreshadowing, and it wasn't prevalent enough to to make you want to look. This is tying back to to yeah. Seafall for us, right? Seafall had a ton of. Here's a mystery, and we get into the mystery. We're going to figure out. Like this game did not have enough either foreshadowing or enough 
mysterious mystique or something to make you want to try where does this tie into what else we've already seen yep that's what i would say about the the base box which you said was monster of the week yep. monster of the week and i would agree because it didn't it lacked those two things to kind of get you in but it does monster i think it does monster of the week really well it does and like i said i got into each individual yeah. story pretty well so okay bye yeah that was a good close <laughs> bye-bye Well, there you got it. That was uh, our review of Folklore. If you enjoyed this episode, you uh, could help us out by leaving a recommendation or a review on a number of places. You can leave it on Google Play. You can leave it on Stitcher. You can leave it on uh, the Facebook page. You can leave it on iTunes. Every place with the Facebook page helps people uh, who haven't heard the show or who might be interested in the show find us. That said, if you want to interact with anybody that's on this show, uh, just go ahead and, you know, find us on the Facebook page. And from there, it's very simple to message. You could also email me at bill at gamerslounge.coda.net. That's C-O-D-A dot net. Thanks a lot for listening. Good night.